Welcome to Is This Anime. I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us is a brand new guest, uh, Andrew Smith. Andrew, how are you, my man? Hey, what's going on? So this is my first ever podcast experience. So uh, my podcast virginity, if you will. Yes. And, <laughs> so it might be rough, but um, I think, Jack, you're going to guide guide me through it for sure. Um, so I definitely have some opinions about the the film we just watched. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie. You have pronounced it correctly. Uh, that's the first. You didn't call it Jujitsu, which I always uh, fuck up and call it. I was literally all. I mean, I'm sure that's normal. Most people thought that the entire time, but the entire time watching the entire movie, every time they say Jujutsu, I'm always just like reading it Jujutsu, and I'm like, it's a kung fu. Exactly. <laughs> the entire movie. And I googled it. It means sorcery fight. Is what Jujutsu Kaisen means. So Jujutsu. In this case, means sorcery, I guess. Which is what this uh, movie is about. It's about sorcery fights. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very literal, t- literal, <laughs> very literal title. Very literal title, indeed. Uh, so, Andrew, what is your anime experience? Uh, just uh, tell the audience a brief bit about uh, what, you, what you've seen, what you consider yourself. Are you an anime noob or, or a mid-tier person? I already know your experience, so, you know, just go off. I know my experience, but I see your point because anybody listening to this would not um very unexperienced to put it simply uh very basic anime like the last time i even watched something anime easily was years ago that's for sure so just growing up i saw like the basic stuff like naruto and we talked about before like um you know cowboy bebop and just really some basic things that are super famous that everybody knows then i would check them out but definitely not a deep anime anime knowledge whatsoever yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into a brief little history segment of Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, Andrew, uh, there's a lot to say. Well, the history segment, you know, it's not not a, not a fucking five page or like I used to do. Uh, much much more brief. This series it debuted in Shonen Jump. So uh, Andrew, just for you and for any listener who's just joined in for the first time, Shonen Jump is uh, the manga where a lot of uh, anime started. Because it's it's like Marvel Comics. You start off in the comics, and then you go into into the TV show realm if you're popular enough. So exactly. Shonen Jump is where is where Dragon Ball and Naruto debuted. Same with One Piece. If you're a successful Shonen Jump manga, odds are good that you're going to get an anime adaptation. As long as like the the manga is considered adaptable. There's certainly been some manga with crazy visuals which took far longer to get adapted. But Jujutsu Kaisen. It premiered uh, in Shonen Jump magazine in 2018. It was then adapted into an anime in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. It was uh, written by Gege Akutami. Uh, yeah. That is not their real name. It is a pen name. All we know oh, really? is that they were born in 1990. We know they're born in 1992. Uh, we don't even know their gender. So they're a private person. Um, this was his first first major series uh he wrote a couple one shots which i was able to read on uh the less uh uh what's the word uh you know the pirate sites what can i say uh manga dex is my best friend so i read a couple of his one shots which are kind of like pilot manga um very similar to jujutsu kaisen uh they're all about kind of sorcery fights and yeah jujutsu kaisen was the one that landed and in fact jujutsu kaisen's uh pilot manga if you will was a four-chapter series called Tokyo Metropolitan Curse Technical School. Yeah, exactly. And I, wrote this it down ended up... I thought it was a really great title to mention. 
Yes, I'm being uh, fantastic title. A fantastic title. But then they like changed the name after they started with that title, and then they had Jujutsu Kaisen, the normal one, and then retroactively they went back and they decided to rename the prequel story to Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Because Andrew, reason, you're ahead of it, man. Well, exactly. You're ahead of it. For some reason, they just thought Tokyo Metropolitan Curse Technical School wasn't catchy enough. For some reason. Yeah, I, I gotta uh, say they made the right call. Jujutsu Kaisen, much better title. Even if it doesn't mean anything to me as a, an English speaker, it still sounds cool. Yeah, no, it sounds way better. I mean, I'm being totally sarcastic. That's like the. I mean, it's also the translation title anyway, but it's it's a mouthful. We'll put it that way. For sure. So yeah, this uh, series it was. A pilot manga, but then uh, uh, Akutame then decided to, you know, change up his plans for where the series would go. So Jujutsu Kaisen Zero starts off as its own one shot. The manga and anime what is, wait, quick, are connected uh, to it. Right. What is one? What is the one shot? The one shot is uh, a one shot is just like kind of like a pilot manga. Okay. Um, you're, you, the hope is that it will get picked up and turned into a series. And in this case, um, Akutame uh, was kind of figuring out what he wanted to do. He he knew he wanted to do a supernatural curse-inspired manga. Yeah. But for whatever reason, those other ones just didn't land. And then with Tokyo Metropolitan Curse Technical School, it finally did land. But he still had to do some work, uh, which was creating the first major plot that would become Jujutsu Kaisen. And that series centers around a character who is not part of this movie, because, again, this is a prequel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that character is named uh, Yuji Itadori. He's possessed by a powerful curse. That curse has 20 fingers. He has to eat all the fingers to gain more power. That's the brief summary, because, again, we're going to focus on this two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, again, I like Jujutsu Kaisen. In fact, you know, that's obviously why I was excited to see this prequel movie. Um, and you followed it, I like, think with, uh, sort of... Chronologically, so you. I, this is a question to you. Like, so you started by seeing the original Jujutsu Kaisen manga, and then series, just, and then you came to this, or what? How did you discover it? What order? No, I just uh, started watching the anime. I think when it was like five episodes in, and I heard it was a big deal, and I liked the vibe of it. Uh, I have not actually read the manga of Jujutsu Kaisen. I did read this prequel manga as preparation, just to see how it compared to the finished film yeah um and they're pretty much uh shot for shot if anything the movie has far more content um because yeah, yeah that prequel prequel pilot again it's a prequel but it's a pilot because it actually came first when it was written sure. but they you know connected it together totally not confusing at all to fucking talk about yeah, totally no. not again from what i read <laughs> in like terms of the backstory just when like researching it a bit before watching it was that yeah. they sort of it became a movie, but they were still planning it to be like a series and following as a prequel series or backstory, you know, for like the second season uh, after the first season. And then they decided that it just would like fit better into a movie format. And then they kind of had maybe like three issues of manga or something to base it off of, but yeah. it wasn't enough for a movie. So they kind of just created a bunch of content, basically, you know what I mean? To make a movie length, like story arc, but it was like an arc and it yeah, came from the manga. And it and it works for me as as a fan who didn't read that initial manga and just went to the movie theater and saw this. And, you know, it was pretty good crowd, pretty good crowd for an anime movie, because, again, Hollywood Hollywood uh, doesn't uh, think highly of anime at the moment, even right. though anime is way cooler than most yeah. American uh, blockbusters currently, Naturally. for sure. Currently, maybe. Naturally. Yeah. Uh, 
Correct? Yeah, and again, go go watch Creed, where Michael B. Jordan is just you know cribbing shots straight from fucking Dragon Ball Z. You mean and you're like, three. okay, yeah, <laughs> Creed three, yeah. But hey, Creed one also a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, this movie yeah. is also, uh, I think a really good choice because we said about like the crowd had a good crowd for anime. I think this is like a particularly special film in terms of being very successful and very good because apparently it was the highest grossing film in Japan in 2021, just like of all movies in cinema. And it's the eighth highest grossing anime of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, you're ahead. You're doing my fucking job for me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Let's get into it. All right. Let's just fucking talk about this movie. Andrew, what were your initial thoughts before we go into like the whole plot recap? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So before we get into the whole thing, um, I had one quick question for you. Uh, the speed wagon part. When does that? When when do we cover that? At what point is that? We d- yeah, that's at the end. Yeah, that's that's at the end. for the end. Okay, perfect. Okay. Oh yeah. Great. Okay, so my initial thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, a few things come to mind. For one, it's an incredibly fucked up movie. At the end of the day, it is just like you feel like you're on drugs, and especially I feel like the longer the movie continues, like the more disconnected with reality <laughs> you start to feel but that's just i mean a very fantasy you know sort of anime movie that's just the vibe um the soundtrack was pretty cool i guess it was like very kind of emo rock you know throughout the time I, I kind of enjoyed it and i think just to say actually people might not know you know but you gave me three options for anime to watch uh, to choose, you know, as the topic for this episode. And you had mentioned, oh, and FYI, this one has a talking panda. And for me, I think I was like, in my mind, I was just like, you had me a talking panda. Pretty much, I don't need to hear anything more about the other ones. I That was pretty much my initial thought. I maybe just read a little bit about the others. And I was like, no, talking panda just piques my interest. So that was also a large part about why I chose this. And you know, I may have like, yeah. I may have like cheated because I felt I felt Jujutsu Kaisen needed a leg up, if anything. Oh, really? Like, if, I think if you just like looked at the initial premise, which does not mention the panda, I was like, oh, okay, you're just gonna think this is Dragon Ball Z. Shit. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, exactly. Like, like I if it didn't mention the panda, I would not have noticed it. Maybe. I mean, I I did watch a trailer of it too when I was deciding, so the probably the panda was there. But if you didn't mention that, let's just say that was that was maybe an unfair advantage. It definitely was <laughs> definitely helped me choose this one. And I will say the panda definitely was there. Uh, like the s- six minutes in, they just you just cut straight to a shot of just a panda walking with the people. And you know what? There was never like any explanation for why there's just this one talking panda that just is like anthrop- anthropomorphic and just like a human character whatsoever. And he was kind of like the exception, you know. But I'm definitely okay with it. I, I like the panda. He was very chill. Yeah. All right. Let's just start from the beginning. We open on a school at night, Utah. Okatsu is being bullied. He calls out for a person named Rika, and the bully is taken away by some freaky demon hands. Uh, Andrew, how was this opening for you when you're just like, what the fuck am I getting into? Absolutely. It made no sense to me at the time. I mean, by the end of the movie, then it all makes perfect sense, and I know all these names. But in the beginning, I was just like, what the hell is going on? You got this guy, you got these bullies, they're in a school, and then it's pretty much like, title. (laughs) And you're like, okay. Oh, and then there was like a weird... Um, the way they were like put it, it was just sort of like a title card that just said, "Oh, four students like you know gravely injured." That was they didn't actually show them getting messed up, you know. It just cuts to that, and then it's like title film, and then now he's like being brought to the school, right? 
Oh. Yeah, and so we, we meet this other guy, uh, Gojo, who's just got a, such a cool fucking design. Uh, Gojo is your typical anime mentor character. He's He's got white hair. He wears uh, like a, an eye mask that covers his yeah, eyes. So and again, you don't see a character. <laughs> yeah, he's the sensei. And he's got a fun personality, you know. He's He can be a very fun and silly character, but then when he fucking means business, you're like, oh, god damn, this guy, this guy knows what's up. Yeah, I mean, he's your typical Mr. Miyagi type, you know, sensei, leader, mentor, but he's not like, like you said, fun. You know, he's he's definitely more goofy and funny throughout the film. He's not too serious. Gojo, he talks with these uh, sorcerer elders about Utah, and he says that Utah will attend Jujutsu High School. Uh, Utah tells Gojo he had tried to kill himself, but Rika wouldn't let him. And Gojo, in his, you know, typical wit, just says... Yo, that's kind of dark, man. <laughs> yeah, true. I just love, he's just like, bro, it's like, okay, that, that's a bit much. Gojo, he tells him that he can use this curse power to help others, and he can cast it all aside later if he feels like it. We then get our intro music playing while Yuta acts all yeah. emo. And here we finally meet Panda, Maki, and Toge. Yes. Panda, yes. Uh, Maki is a badass chick. Her whole thing is that... Uh, she uh, she's a sorcerer, but she can't see curses. She has to do everything with cursed weapons, which has a whole rift within her yeah. own family. Uh, Toge can only speak the names of oh, ingredients of uh, yeah. rice balls. Otherwise, he <laughs> sushi ingredients. Yeah. And otherwise, line. he will cause devastating curses. First line of the movie was kelp. I love it. Uh, as someone who's seen Guardians of the Galaxy Groot. three later this week, it's just like he's like Groot. He's like what what. What is the meaning behind each ingredient that he says? Like salmon roll, no, what does so that he's mean? Very, it's very Groot-like, that's true, like, and that kind of humor throughout the movie. And exactly, like, I started to feel that way, too, that, like, it seems like the main character, Yuta, is, like, having conversations with him, but he's just eating, like, sushi ingredients, um, as if it has a meaning. You know, it's like, bonito flakes. So, uh, the thing he says the most is salmon, salmon, shake, shake. I love it. Th- again, this is what I like about a good shonen anime like this when the characters are this fun the, the the plot is secondary you like this stuff because the characters have cool powers and they've got cool personality traits and they they're just weird mm-hmm. as fuck yeah, definitely. um at which point so like you, uh, you said all the stuff like you went through the plot but like at which point was the first flashback yeah. when it shows to him to utah and rika it was something around this time right of when i mean the first characters and after the title because there's the first flashback to when they're kids. It's like six years before. Um, you know what I mean? And it's his birthday and she's giving him the ring. And she says how they're going to get married. Absolutely. Which I think, you know, like very clingy, to be honest. Yes, you're, you're correct. <laughs> but yeah, and then dying at first comes, you know. But I think it was around this time, too, like when we met the first characters, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Gojo at this point, he's also telling us that over 10,000 people in Japan die of mysterious causes. The majority of these are not accidental, but they're caused by curses from negative emotions and also evil curse users, which is why Tokyo <laughs> Jujutsu Technical High exists. Um, yeah, pretty succinct. You know, it, it's Hogwarts, but for uh, magic users Wait, and cool. also like uh, a much shittier, poor version of Hogwarts. Hogwarts is like massive yeah. and, <laughs> and opulent. Uh, Jujutsu Technical High. <laughs> yeah, this is what like... There's four students it looks at the like. moment? I didn't really, it looks like there's just four students. 
yeah uh other characters uh later in the main series will join but yeah this this is not uh hogwarts where it's like uh hundreds hundreds of you know incredible students join and blah 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 no this is a fucking shithole shithole high school that also happens to have to protect all of japan from uh a ton no of deal, you know curses right? curses and also evil evil clans no big deal well. evil clans too uh which we'll get into a bit later uh but yeah i like how yuta calls gojo out for telling him all this stuff now he's like bro you couldn't have just like told me this backstory when you were like yeah, 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 you didn't me. mention any of that before you told me about the school exactly he said something. he's like now you tell me he, he really he really buries the he buries the lead on a lot of stuff gojo is a is a need to know basis mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. of guy so yeah, like like you said, we got the backstory with uh, what happens yeah. with Rika, where yeah, she gives uh, Yuta a birthday gift, and then five minutes later, she's, she's hit by a car. Her head is crushed. So actually, not a great birthday. We're we're dealing with <laughs> we are dealing with uh, dead children already in this in. movie. Ten minutes in, yeah, graphic death, uh, graphic death of children. So you know, and remember, uh, I, I should remind you, Andrew, that this being a shonen property, shonen means young boys, which means this series is really? made for eight That's year like olds. The audience, the target audience, interesting. Yeah, the target audience is eight okay. to thirteen year olds, and that's what we're dealing with. The first ten minutes, uh, kids in Japan, they grow up I fast. They grow up <laughs> fucked up. I don't know fast, but they grow up. Like <laughs> twisted, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, so we have that. Uh, yeah, after this bit okay, of backstory, backstory, yes, yeah, after this bit of backstory, we get all that. We, we're told that Maki is a cursed tool user, yeah. Tuggy is a cursed speech user, panda, and Panda is a panda. Uh, specifically, specifically, Panda is an abrupt, mutated, cursed corpse. That is what he's referred to as uh, officially. <laughs> That's his official title. But Panda looks fine. Yeah, I'm still kind of confused about what Panda is. Is he so? Is he just a curse embodying a panda, or is he a no, panda I mean, that was cursed? I'm gonna say I'm they never really addressed quite. much of the panda backstory. He's just a talking panda. He's just there. Everyone's cool with it. Even like in society, like in the city, no one really questions it. He's just a talking panda. And he likes boobs. Uh, he's really concerned about Yuta's uh, p- oh, boob yeah. preference, too. So very worrying, yes. I'm sure the eight-year-olds would agree. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we got our first exactly. little mission. Uh, this is where Maki and Yuta, uh, they go with Gojo to investigate a yeah. curse in an elementary school. It's either save the kids or retrieve <laughs> them if they're dead. Uh, Andrew, what do you think yeah, of this exactly. like, little episode? So, yeah, exactly. You said it's the first little mission. It's kind of like the first action, really. Um, it was also kind of the sensei... Is never he, he never takes anything seriously, right? Like he just puts the veil like to protect the whole thing, and so people can't see what's happening. It kind of hides all the magic uh, from society. And then the last thing he says, he's like, "Yeah, go find the kids from the curse, and I don't know, hopefully don't die." And then he's out. And then uh, the first sort of demons come, right? Or curses they come, and I would describe these ones as the vagina dentata. It's <laughs> what my thought was. Are you familiar with that term? I'm you, familiar you know with what that I'm term, saying? Yes. You, you, can you picture exactly what I'm describing? I yeah, and I, I you know, I'm I'm picturing uh those creatures right now and I'm I I and see if I had to like classify them, sure. you know, give them some sort of like nomenclature. I was like, okay, these three vagina dentata curses appear and then they come and then um you know, uh she the the girl, what's her name again? Mika? No. 
Maki, right. But she Maki. also has a name. He always Maki. calls her Zenin, right? Zenin Sen. Her last name, right? I think yeah, that's exactly. her uh, last okay, name. Okay, so he always yeah. calls her that. I feel yeah. like in the beginning he was calling her that, and then later he calls her Maki. Maybe they get more familiar. Um, and she uses her... Right? That's and then, probably it, um, yeah. Exactly. I thought it was kind of funny because this, they said she uses tools in their introduction, but we hadn't really seen what her tools were. And then I was like, oh, actually her tools are just like a sword, and she's, her tool is just cutting everybody in half, actually. That's her like magical tools. Um, so she chops them up, and she said something cool that was like, curses stick together like humans. And I thought that was interesting at the time, and it kind of became like an important theme, right, throughout the movie. Actually, that concept. Absolutely, you're picking up on that. I love it. So then they get eaten by that giant curse, and then they find those those children that they were searching for. And yeah, anyway, you asked me like you can you know probably fill in the plot if you want to go through it more detailed. They get swallowed up by by the big blue demon, big blue curse, whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, I I call them demons. I, I guess know. they're officially curses. Um, anyways. So they see the two children that are also in there, and then Maki uh, basically tells Yuta to get his shit together, and Yuta tells Maki he wants to be needed by someone and he wants to be alive, and Maki tells him to keep exercising curses and confidence will find him. And then Yuta unleashes Rika's power, and she explodes out of the curse's stomach, and she rips its head off in a one-hit KO move. Pretty much destroyed. Yeah. Rika's a good fucking curse to, to yeah, have. She's not yeah, she's not bad for being a quote unquote curse. Uh, very powerful. Yeah, she gets him out of a lot of jams. Definitely. Uh, I feel like you know they, get, they, yeah. they complete that mission and then it's like again back to the same flashback of <laughs> the ten year olds and the wedding ring yeah. and the water balloon f- fight and so much about that. I mean, if you wanted to wrap up more about that scene before, yeah, Ooh, there's a key really? key detail at the end of the scene where uh, Yuda. He's in the hospital with uh, Gojo, and he wonders if Rika is really the one who cursed him. Maybe he cursed her, and he oh, declares he'll break that curse. Already, Foreshadowing, dun dun dun. I actually missed that at the time. Yeah. Later on, Gojo, he, yeah, we get the flashback that that had like zero no, no, uh, okay. new information. This is why <laughs> exactly I'm bringing it up because actually, I feel like we relived this scene like a million times throughout the movie, and there was never any new information. I'm like, okay, things are happening, things are happening, and we're back to the water balloon fight. Of course we are for like a fourth time. Okay, yes, I know it well. <laughs> like every ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gojo. He then teaches Yuta how to imbue Rika's oh. curse into a katana. Then yep. we get a little training montage with uh, right. Yuta versus Maki. Maki wins, of course, because she rules. And then, yeah, Panda, he gets a revelation during their fight. <laughs> You're expecting that Panda is going to uh, teach really. uh, Yuta something, something that will give him... Uh, so they'll let him one-up Maki, and instead he just asks him if he mm-hmm. likes his boobs, big or small. And Yuta says he <laughs> likes them somewhat big. And then Panda declares, Maki, that means <laughs> you have a shot. They're not that big, though. In your okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> Panda, you know what? Panda ships uh, Yuta and Maki, but I guess that's also because like they're the only two normal people in the school. Yeah. Closest thing to normal people, you know, a dude uh, with his uh, dead lover's curse and a girl who is a pariah in her, totally, you know, totally, yeah, yeah. sorcerer really family. Like um, a failure, a bit more or less, right? Or in her opinion, a true failure. Yeah, <laughs> a true, fa- uh, a true oh, failure. Then, um, 
more on yeah, more on more on that later uh, of how they treat Maki because I like the character a lot, but I'm not exactly happy yeah, with yeah, how true. she gets treated in the end. But, I mean, she's a cool character actually. I think she was very cool throughout the whole the whole movie. She's very solid for sure. Um, so then, pretty much after all that stuff, the training montage, all the bonding, then it kind of comes to the second mission, basically, right? Mission two: Toge and Yuta they go on a mission together. Uh, Toge he first buys yep. throat medicine at a shop. And then we finally see exactly. Toge's power in action as he declares, explode! And he explodes us on because the curses. now like 30, 40 minutes into the <laughs> film, and then now we learn why he can only speak in sushi ingredients. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, Toge rules, um, but the problem is uh, his voice gets yeah. sore, it's which like is he why he needs voice to throw power, What he says, basically, what is that what so, happened? No, he says, twists, and then it like twists the arm, or he says, crush, you know, he says the things, and then they happen. But yeah, yeah, he's, but his voice gets sore very quickly, um, the first curse they faced was like the fish, like a giant school of fish. It was like a million. Yeah. And then he like the same words that uh, Maki had said about weak curses stick together. So it's like a million fish. Okay, he kills them, no problem. And then when I mentioned about describing descriptive words for curses, then the next curse that comes, I would call it the penis face curse, is how it looked, or the penis faced walrus. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He shows up, and then, like you I said, uh, Koge doesn't have his throat medicine, and he can't voice his like horse. And then this is maybe the first time that Utah has to sort of face and deal with it himself, right? And like save the day. So it's like a big learning moment, a big epiphany. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Yuta he gives uh, <laughs> he imbues Rika yeah. is to into his katana. He tosses the throat spray. Who just throat spray? I'm just gonna chug it all. Yuta imbues. You know what? That's just like a little addiction. And I guess when you yeah. have that issue, um, you know, he has to have his vices, uh, considering he's a dude who can't even speak properly exactly, because exactly. of his terrible affliction. I wonder I wonder what happens if he like just talks normally, because like we we know that like every yeah. word of his like matters. But like, what if he just says, like, I want fish? I think, like, is that going to kill I anyone? I think maybe like just going to like... know all the words or something. And maybe. And my other question is, why are sushi ingredients safe? You know, <laughs> mustard leaves uh tuna salmon those things kelp uh, like clearly he just knows those don't do anything so maybe he like had enough accidents in his life up to this point you know what i mean of trying to speak normally or other words that maybe sometimes some horrible things happened i guess there's a really good sorry i'm just reading an interview with uh akutama he's got some pretty funny uh he's got some funny explanations for why he writes the way he does um, someone asked him, what's your approach to creating strong, memorable characters? And he says, their mere appearance should elicit big laughs, mm. emphasis through repetition, some sort of jarring discrepancy between yeah, sure. expectations and reality. Sure. So I okay. think it actually describes uh, the, characters the characters in characters this little movie pretty well. Yeah, sure. exactly. A lot of repetition, a lot of recurring gags, and silly things, um, and quirky, yeah, like, you know, traits, we'll say. Um, but yeah, so basically they defeat the penis face walrus. This is for sure. <laughs> and it's at the shopping mall. <laughs> you get out of there. And then what is it? Uh, Toge says salmon. And then yeah, they, you know, they do like, like a little fist bump or, or shake or whatever. A different meaning, but sure. So I think I was trying to pick up on it. Maybe, maybe after I continue to watch the series, I'll, I'll finally understand all no, the no, meaning sure. behind Toge's words. And then Panda and Yuta, they have a little conversation, and he says that Toge had Yuta's back the entire time. And we see Toge just watering plants like the good man he He's is. He's a good chill you know? dude, for sure. To Toge is a good um, dude. And then I feel like after this, 
uh, we get to meet the true villain of the of the film, right? Absolutely, Suguru Gato. I mean, he's like sort of exercising the demon from this girl, right? I just had bad vibes already, yeah. you know, from the initial point. Like, from the first moment, uh, it seems suspicious. And he's supposedly helping her. And he says even, like, oh, no, it's free. She wanted to, like, pay him and everything. Um, but I think uh, it was really strange. I just had to write it down. I think it was, like, for me, one of the most, maybe the most, like, sort of WTF line or uh, uh, dialogue of the whole movie is he's, like, asking the girl, like, I don't know about her, diagnosing her with having the the demon right the curse and he just says oh and this and this and he's like and you often dream yeah. of being right. and then her answer was just how did you know that <laughs> and I, that was the point where i was like okay guys i don't know about this about this writing right now <laughs> but um yeah so he removes the curse from her but seriously again you told me this movie was for eight-year-olds which makes this even more fucked up um, and then anyway, she leaves, and this like rich guy, this kind of old guy, comes saying, "Oh, you know uh, this curse? You removed it from me, but it's still it's still afflicting me." And then then this time he's like, like "Oh, and me, right?" He's like, "Oh, he paid like tons of money, but it wasn't for six months ago. The yeah. last time he's like assistant, he's like administrative assistant or whatever." And then he's like, "Oh, well, you didn't. So I guess I'll just kill you then, right now." And he like puts his old guy, and then they like literally just eat him alive, which is I think kind of kind of rude. Rude. Um, yeah. So you know what? I think that old guy was like was probably totally a businessman, so it's okay. Yeah. We're we're not. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, you, 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 you jumped ahead because I thought um, Gato had, had a pretty well. There's a pretty good line uh, with Gato where he calls uh, the the uh, mother. He says. Uh, so basically he calls her the name uh, Sato and she's like no my name's Saito and he's like no your name is Sato I've declared Sato is a better name than Saito because that's the the whole thing with Gato is that he he hates non-cursed users you know again going back to to the Harry Potter thing you know it's like uh, non-cursed users are like muggles so he's fucking anti-muggle for sure yes yeah and he also after this encounter with with the uh, mother and her daughter he applies disinfectant to remove the monkey smell because, again, non-cursed yeah. users are really uh, monkeys. I do remember all this, and I hadn't really looked at it in that way. Exactly, I remember him saying like, "Oh, filthy monkey," and then exactly, he's spraying himself with this stuff, and his assistant is like, "Oh, what is that?" And he said, "He's like, oh, it's the anti-disinfectant of the monkeys," and I didn't realize that he just was just referring to just like normal humans as monkeys. But that's true. That makes sense now. And it's also like. His whole thing, like he wants to literally commit genocide on like yes. all non-cursed users, which um, I don't know how many cursed users are there. It seems like that's a pretty small population so. pool, considering we uh, we see maybe like uh, no, generously it, 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 like maybe much 20, later, much later in the twenty movie, of them in um, this movie. You know, when he's having the Christmas like the Christmas Eve thing. And the kind of good guys, they're all getting together and they're trying to estimate like the size of the forces, yeah. right? And they're like, oh, he must have up to maybe 2,000 curses. And then they're like, oh, I don't know, there's going to be only like 50 or whatever. So it's definitely not a lot, we're talking, compared to the population of Japan. Yeah, and the population of the world. I mean, who knows? Maybe, uh, I mean, is there like a North American Jujutsu sorcery branch? But in the movie, actually, that's a good point. I feel like they never actually went outside of japan like his plan was just to kill everyone in japan right he didn't talk about the world 
Yeah. They barely go outside Tokyo, oh, man. This movie oh, scale is pretty small. It's a totally <laughs> different, get different technical <laughs> curse schools and Hogwarts in other parts of the world, I guess. Yeah, and also I, I have not read uh past the manga past like the the season one material of the anime. So who knows? Maybe maybe the world like, actually no, we do know there's like a Kenyan yeah, right. um cursed user because he appears later on. So yeah. that's true. That one dude, so can Kenyan connection. There's no Kenyan Americans connection. in this there's movie, but uh, there is a Kenyan. But yeah, I was gonna say so Gento anyways happens, kills the rich guy, old guy, and then we kinda meet his whole uh, crew. And I just wanted to say of his whole crew, I would like to really hi- highlight a guy who has like hearts for nipples. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting look. Yeah, we don't see him and we don't no, see him no, enough. Just, I thought he was gonna just, have like a good fight posse, and he doesn't get you know, one. Part of the part of the crew. Just kinda hanging out. Um, but yeah, Mr. Heart Nipples. I think he's a definitely a unique character for design, at least for the illustration. Uh, hard, hard to miss. I think this is only about like midway point of the movie. You know, when this is all happening, we're meeting Ghetto and, and all this. And I just think that already for like being fifty minutes into the movie, halfway, so much actually has happened. Like so much plot. Like in the beginning, I thought like, okay, it's gonna be a long movie, and at this point, I'm like, actually, it feels like it's just rapid. Like we're just flying through like so much sort of content and character development. Like so much has happened already, you know, for being halfway through like two big missions, meeting so many characters. You know what I mean, so I mean, the movie watches actually pretty quickly, but that was around this point that I started to realize like, wow, there's a lot being covered in a short time. As, especially oh, yeah. if you have not even watched the initial I anime, so you're even more lost. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have like a little uh, posse battle uh, with Suguru. Uh, it's not even a battle. The, uh, it's just like, exactly. I know what you mean. It's like they show up inside uh, of the big bird, right? You mean this bird? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this, giant, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, bird, just, this like, bird just shows. So, yeah, so we meet the bad guys. Now we're back at the, the, the school. And then this giant bird just comes out of nowhere. And it kind of just like opens up. And they all just, the bad guys get out because so they're just sort of riding inside of it. And then he just is like, hey guys, I'm just here to tell you all my evil plan. Yeah, very upfront. Yeah. He's pretty upfront. Uh, so yeah, Suguru says he can't stand the fact that people want the strong to defend the weak and he wants to kill all the non jujutsu users and create a new world. And uh, Suguru, he kindly oh, yeah. tells the jujutsu game like, where the, the big fight will be. He's just up front. He's like, <laughs> guys, you know, and uh, I, I love, again, how nonchalant yeah, he is. He's you, just like, goodbye, everyone. See you at the war. And then I was thinking, like, okay, this is so stupid. Like, it's going to be one of these things where he just comes and he just tells them everything. But then, like, nothing. He just kind of gets back in his bird and flies away. But at least he kind of gave it all really quickly and then just had a bunch of curses all come and attack, you know, the jujitsu, like crew right the school and then he like, flies away so it kind of made sense it wasn't like totally like yeah. stupid kind of classic james bond style right where the bad guy just tells everything for no reason so it kind of made a little more sense so he tells them everything and then they have a little battle you know fighting off the curses and then it pretty much is just like i think the next scene is just like now it's december 24th because he says it's gonna be december 24th uh in tokyo and in kyoto and it's gonna be like the night the parade night of 100 curses or something like this right the oh, yeah, the basically. night parade of a hundred yeah, yeah. so kind of like That's it. And then he leaves, and then it's sort of like I don't know how many months later, but I guess it was like summertime. So now it's like six months later, <laughs> December twenty fourth, <laughs> the parade night of Andre Curses. So it's, that's what I say when I said the movie is moving really fast and like covering so much content and just kind of sort of flying. That's like pretty quick. It's like oh, this is gonna happen, and you think it's gonna be far away, yeah. December, and it's like now it's December. Okay. <laughs> 
I also like that Suguru knows that his crew's odds are insanely low. He's just like, yeah, it's like there's only like a 20% chance we could even win this battle, guys. Um, but his whole plan rests on killing Yuta. So if he kills Yuta, he can obtain Rika and absorb Rika. And so the whole aim is to get Yuta unprotected. Uh, there's also like a little scene between Gojo and Geto because the whole thing is that they they were classmates at Jujutsu High. They're, exactly. They, yeah, we get that backstory a little they bit. They were best, friends. best friends. He went to the school way back in the day. And then, like you were just saying, is that the, the, all that ridiculousness yeah. then makes sense because it's actually a giant distraction, a diversion, right? This whole night parade of hunter curses to make all of these clans and the sorcerers all go there to then, like you said, have Utah alone, unprotected, because he actually is his entire plan is actually about getting Rika because she's, I guess, the most powerful demon. Yeah, and we, we've seen Rika's bad. Rika's pretty fucking good. Um, Maki has a heart to heart with Yuta and tells him yeah. her shame that she can't see curses without her glasses. And yeah, it's because she comes from uh, the Zenin family, who are these elite jujutsu users, and says she says she trains out of spite. And when she becomes a class one sorcerer, she's going to come back and show them who is boss again. Maki just rules. That's like a dope, you know, motivation. Especially anime doesn't always handle uh, female characters well. And this movie does have some issues uh, shortly yeah. afterwards uh, with how they treat Maki. But generally Maki for a for a shonen yeah, yeah. Uh, manga or anime. Very strong. Great, great female and character for sure. She's not I just love her. like this sort of like dumb girl dressed in like sexy clothing or something. She's actually she's like a badass kind of samurai style. She's the only person really using, like, swords. I mean, Utah starts using katana, for sure, a bit. And she has agency, too. Like, her motivations are good. And, again, you know, she, she's she got something to prove with her family, but she isn't like, oh, poor me, I bring shame. She's like, no, yeah, I'm going to exactly, show those exactly. assholes who's boss. So pretty much, stronger. as expected, as everything was very clearly described, <laughs> he unleashes all these curses in Shinjuku, in, you know, Tokyo, and then in Kyoto. And then all of the sorcerer clans are there fighting them. They're doing their thing. Utah is alone at the school with just him and Maki. And then Ghetto, the super yeah. bad guy villain, he comes there. He puts his own veil over the school. And then he comes there to battle them, right? And first he fights Maki. But yeah. then uh, the sensei, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he, he kind of realizes he has the aha moment to be like, oh, wait a minute. Now it all makes sense. Because he only realizes because Ghetto is not there at the night parade. So it would make sense if he was his plan. Of course, he would be there. So he sends yeah. Panda and Koge. He's which some magical new technology which we didn't was never established before, but he can just create a teleportation gateway. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna send you there right now. So good thing he can do that. There's also a great moment. Uh, so at, when Goju quickly figures out this plan, Miguel, who's one of uh, Ghetto's henchmen, he like quickly calls his boss out. And he says, it's like, bro, it's like, this is why she, you should always prepare a stand like, that's why, that's why it was my idea to prepare I, a dummy. I like the fact that as powerful as Ghetto is, you can clearly tell that, like, um, his crew aren't entirely on board. And I do like how, like, you know, it's clearly this being a prequel and them having to, mm -hmm. to make certain things fit in with the anime. You know, certain characters are kept alive, which I appreciated because, you know, and it's almost like a preview for season two. You're uh, like, oh, hey, I haven't met Miguel yet but I will see him in season two and see what his deal is and how he's doing now yeah. that Ghetto's defeated. And in fact, uh, it's even a scene later on that's just straight up says like, hey, yeah, yeah, check well, in like, with these characters later on. Moments, I guess. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's how they also filled this out because when they had to expand this 
four chapter manga into a into a movie they were like okay let's just add a bunch of you know fan favorite okay, cameos into this sense. that it's weren't present in the original manga oh yeah i mean for you again, sense, i enjoyed the series, fan service so so, yeah stuff I, I didn't pick up on these small subtle details you know without knowing but it's cool i appreciate it I was not expecting you to cheer like, when Whoa! random characters oh, with yeah. one line like <laughs> uh, did something. For me, there was literally a moment where I cheered out in the theater where a character with two oh, lines boy. did something yeah, cool. And sense. I was like, yeah, my boy made it into the that's movie. Add layers, for sure. <laughs> layers and fan service. That, that, that's all that media yeah, is yeah. now. Everyone has to say the line, Bart. You yeah. know, uh, Michael Keaton has to say, let's get nuts. Yeah, right? Even well, anyway, okay. Sure, so why not? Back to the story. So, like, Ghetto is after school uh, for his plan, and... Um, he's fighting Maki. He kind of fucks her up, I guess. And then Panda and yep. Koge arrive just in time to then fight him. And it also doesn't go very well. But this is when I said the movie was a little bit like a drug trip. This was the point where I started to kind of lose touch. Where I was like, okay, there's so much happening. It's just so crazy now. Like, it was also very confusing because you know, okay, okay. Oh, oh best thing about Panda. When he gets each each of them, each of these main characters, they kind of get into their battle mode. You know what I mean? They sort of it's almost like going Super Saiyan, right? Like they go like super hardcore yeah. and they almost transform a bit. And then so Panda has the craziest transformation ever, right? Like I didn't expect this. He turned into like a wild beast mode. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, I think that's like his cursed form or whatever. And you know he actually holds his own against Suguru. Uh, then Suguru he gets a good stab into Panda, but then Toge is right behind Panda and he blasts uh, Geto. And they go to retrieve Maki, but then yeah, Suguru exactly. quickly recovers yeah, and he fucks them up. Through the hearts, like, uh, for Yuta, sure. Yuta, I think that's uh, the perks <laughs> of being a, a possessed corpse. He doesn't have to worry about like internal yeah. organs being damaged because I think you know he just kind of naturally repairs Probably himself. Unless like, he's like yeah, obliterated, totally, then that's uh, an issue. Blown to smithereens. It might be hard to reanimate, but like, because he even said something too. Like you know, he he lost his arm and stuff, and later. It makes sense now. He was like, oh, don't worry about me. Like, I can, like, grow back a broken, like, a chopped off arm, not like the other ones or something. So, yeah, he doesn't really... Panda plays by his own rules. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, Yuta unleashes yeah. Rika, and he has a badass fight with Ghetto. Meanwhile, oh, we get a series so of fights this is featuring actually a bunch nice. of different sorcerers like, okay, from the I series. I don't know what's going on anymore. It's like so <laughs> many different people having fights. Like, he's like going back and forth between the school fight and then back in the in the... The demon, you know, then the night of the parade of a hundred curses, like back, and you have so many different sorcerers fighting people. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not even sure who's supposed to be the good guy, who's supposed to be the bad guy right now in this situation. It's just people are fighting people, right? E even me, as someone who has watched the series, yeah. I'm I'm still so like, oh shit, who who was that? Um, climax. Were there any highlights yeah, I mean, cool in those thing, random battles? I mean, any characters big, that stood out for you? A literal reveal was when the sensei takes off his bandage, his eye bandage, right? That was a big moment. Um, yeah. and then you see his eyes, and I, I don't know, like, I, I was thinking that his eyes were gonna have, like, a really intense power, the same, like, Koge's voice was, that was my first thought, but I feel like that didn't actually pan out that yeah. way, right? No, not entirely, I don't really I know think so why too. he puts on the bandages, really to be honest, I kind of actually forgot. have a clear, specific reason, <laughs> um, like, my first thought was like, oh, he has his eyes, he's gonna fuck, fuck everybody up just by looking at them, that makes sense, but actually, no. And I thought it was really funny because when he came back to the students at the school, like later, without his bandages, the first line, I think it was they were like, oh, who the fuck's that? Because <laughs> they didn't recognize him, like without his little eye bandages. I love that. Well, yeah, yeah, the fight with uh, Gojo and Miguel is pretty dope because despite Miguel like being a villain, you almost you're almost rooting for him because you do know that Gojo is just a super powerful sorcerer. So you're like, 
Okay, Miguel is actually the underdog in this situation. Mm-hmm. So it makes that fight uh, pretty interesting to watch. Miguel, he also has like a whip ability, which I thought was pretty cool. And again, just the fact that like Miguel was even talking shit about his own boss, I, you know, uh, I I was endeared to Miguel. I was like, okay, I hope Miguel holds his Wait, own and that he What's doesn't just get annihilated. It sounds yeah, like, like it based upon uh, the final scene of the movie. It sounds like he's just, you know, he was just so working I, for the I, wrong I, guy. You know, Miguel he, this whole time. That's what I thought. But that's what I said. And, when I got really you know, confused about all the characters of like who's good, who's bad. I don't even know what's happening anymore. And then even this bad guy became a good guy. That definitely did happen. So that did not help with the kind of keeping track of people. And then actually, to be honest, with the sensei, when he took off his, his bandages and the students were confused even, I also was confused sometimes. Like he'd show up and I'd be like, wait. Isn't that that guy? And they'd be like, oh, since I'm like, oh, yeah, there definitely was that guy. Sometimes he's got sunglasses or his eyes, the bandages. There was a lot going on. <laughs> so for me, it was just a lot of action, <laughs> you know. But also, it kind of was just, like, more cool to watch it because you knew it didn't really matter. That wasn't, like, the real point of the battle because you knew the real high-stakes thing was really the, the Utah versus Ghetto, right? So every time we come back to the city, it was just sort of like, okay, you kind of just forget about that. You'd be really curious, you know, how, how that at the school, like, battle is going to pan out. Yeah, I, I mean, the, these fights, for one thing, they're, they're pure fan service. They're not part of the original manga. And, you know, they're cool to look at at the very least. That's the fun thing about Jujutsu Kaisen. All these characters have really fun abilities. They have cool character designs. And isn't that what all, yeah, exactly, you know, man. when you're exactly. watching yeah, an so anime like this, enjoyable. that's really what matters. It was just like, yeah, for fun at that point. <laughs> and I think it was good. The fight sequences were good. The music was cool. There's a couple characters that get some highlights, I feel, though. Uh, there's a guy named Nanami. He's the guy who's, like, blonde hair. Yeah. He wears glasses. He's got, like, a suit. Uh, he gets a pretty cool fight scene. I love him. Uh, there's another dude who's referred to as Toto, and he says he wants to finish his fight quickly yeah, sure. because a talk show is going to have fun. his favorite yeah, idol yeah. on. That's what I mean. When it was, like, it seemed like... So, when I said it seemed like those battles were just, like, for fun, and when they, when they, don't, they weren't high stakes... The characters themselves also didn't really seem to care, like because they also knew it was just a diversion. Yeah. They're like, "Man, let's just get this done." Yeah, I, I gotta kind of catch something on TV. And then Yuta, he offers himself as a sacrifice to unleash Rika's power. And uh, Suguru, he's no match yeah, for so Rika's part, power. I'll say a little and he more stumbles away today, as he slowly like, dies. Utah, Gojo he's can... like fighting Ghetto. Ghetto <laughs> yeah. is like, oh, thinking he's like the boss, and he like you know is super powerful, and he's like enjoying watching Utah get more and more powerful, right? Like, so he also starts using the different powers. Like, he uses the voice power, like Koge has. And then he gets faster and faster. He starts doing all these things. And then it's like, this is the point, the, the tipping point, basically, was like you said, yes, exactly. He turns around and he... And this was, again, a moment that was a big what-the-fuck moment for me that was, like, so ridiculous and surreal and over-the-top because... Rika is a crazy, scary-looking demon, right? Is her actual, like, form. And uh, he, like, yeah, makes this promise to her, like, oh, I'll give myself to you if you, like, unleash your full power. And then he, but it's literally like he's, like, staring deep into the eye. They're getting the closest, their faces are getting even closer and closer. And he literally even, like, kisses her. Like, kisses this, like, giant tooth, looks like an alien from the movie Aliens kind of thing. And I just thought that was a bit much, right? You know, you know the point I'm saying? It's like horrible. This horribly ugly monster. It's true love, man. <laughs> He's just true like, love. yeah, baby. And he like literally kisses him. They literally kiss, and then out comes the full power to like destroy Ghetto, basically. And he's overwhelmed, and then over his head. Oh, it was pretty yeah. Cool I mean, honestly, yeah. Ghetto doesn't put up much of a fight against Utah. I feel. Uh, at least the series knows its power rankings. I know that's something very inconsistent in anime, and also just like all of like action media. 
or like you know it, it sometimes the story just has to you know have the villain be on equal footing even if it doesn't make a ton of sense uh, but like, this one no, is like no ghetto like, just right. honestly fucking sucks it was a quick film dragged out and then it was like and wrapped up okay he's out and then i don't know if i missed something again also but like after ghetto died <laughs> and like all of Utah's friends were just alive again and like fine like panda maki koge did i miss something there Hey, no, it's, hey, it's the power of, you know, alive. being hey, a sorcerer, yeah, I guess you recover fast. The only one thing was this thing I said before, that Panda, like, didn't have an arm. And he's like, oh, Panda, your arm. And the Panda's like, oh, it's cool, baby, don't worry about it. Like, I'll, I'll get a new one. So I don't want to skip, like, the emotional moment with uh, Gojo and Suguru, because, again, like, they were, like, best friends. And uh, Gojo confronts Suguru with his own eyes. And, yeah, Suguru, Geto, again, they're the same fucking name. Uh, he confesses yeah. to being responsible for the elementary school incident as well. But he tells Gojo that he never had any yeah. hatred for those at Jujutsu High, at least. Because you're like, you're and then not he tells bad, Gojo yeah, like, the oh, least so you could do is. It was just, it was just, you know, a couple high schoolers fucking around. You know, one of the high schoolers wanted to commit mm-hmm. mass genocide, but, you, said, but, you know, hey, he lost, school, so it's all good. That was also something where it was like before we met and, you know, Ghetto, I guess it was him. There was this whole thing of like Utah's like school ID um, being left at the elementary school and like some mysterious person picks it up. Yeah. And then it was like this school ID, bro. We saw it like ten times, also throughout the movie. It just kept coming back all the time, all the time, all the time, right? And that was kind of something that reminded me about that. And then it was also like something we didn't talk about in the whole talk about the whole movie was this thing where it was a big foreshadowing was about the sorcerers have like a ranking, right? Like a level about their power from like one to four. And I think the four was like the beginner, mm-hmm. and already. Utah, he had this like special ranking. It wasn't even, it was like beyond, it was an unnumbered, which means it's like the more powerful than everything. But it was always like he didn't know what to do. He didn't actually know any sorcery, so it didn't make sense, right? But it kind of was foreshadowing for the, really at the end of the movie, then what we learn. Ghetto, his last line is the least you can do is hit me with some curses. So he, he wants to curses. go out the way he, the way he loves the curses. He loves the curses. Better than. <laughs> So yeah, Gojo, he meets up with his uh, students. Again, they don't recognize him without his uh, eye bandages. And then Gojo says he learned that Yuta is a descendant of one of the strongest sorcerers, one who Gojo is also related to, which makes them distant relatives. And then it's also revealed that Yuta was right the whole time. He was the one who placed uh, a curse on Rika because he was unable to accept her death. I Uh, I like that little twist. Of going back to the water balloon fight and the whole flashback and everything, for sure. At least one more time around around this time at the end of the film. And exactly the whole time, we were sort of led to believe that Rika was the she died and she became a curse that was cursing Utah for the last six years. But then the big reveal at the end is that he actually is, like, descendant of, like, the super most powerful sorcerer ever. And it was actually that when she died, he cursed her to keep her alive in some form. And then she stayed with him these last six years. And then again, I think it's a weird moment because we thought that he was going to have to give himself to the curse, which meant he was going to die by, you know, in exchange for the curse to kill Ghetto. But then actually then the monster just turns back into the, the little girl which hasn't aged at all. So now it's like the 17-year-old boy and this like 10-year-old girl now having like a romantic goodbye moment. <laughs> totally normal. Yep. Uh, what is it? What does she say to him? Well, thank you for the six years. That we had she together. says, uh, 
what is it now as long as the person who was cursed doesn't seek retribution that means the curse is broken and yeah rika she thanks utah for giving her more time again clean yeah like true. you said she's fucking clingy she uh, wants to be with him for like, six thank more you for years. this beautiful six years we had uh, together even, like even despite being dead up she, all these people <laughs> murdered yeah maybe you know a couple uh murders probably committed unbeknownst to uh but she was very happy to be with utah like, this yeah, whole time later, and then she fades into the afterlife soon. And then, yeah, the movie ends with Gojo uh, giving Yuta back his student ID. And then, you know, Yuta's like, right? hey, where did yes, you find it? And he's like, well, my best friend, my best friend found it. <laughs> my only friend, really. That, that seems rude. Like, wouldn't he consider his students his friends or, like, faculty? The fact that he yeah, considers yeah. Ghetto, uh, who he just whatever. killed, That's his only friend. Uh, you know, <laughs> Gojo, what the fuck? And then there was something, though, like... The, the, the vi- In your opinion, yes. In my opinion... <laughs> I was going to say... In my opinion, if I had a friend who wanted to commit mass genocide, I would not consider that a friend anymore. I was going to say, like, okay, that was basically the last line of, like, the whole story. What were you going to say? I feel like there was kind of this jump forward into time, and I think that it was, like, Utah was supposed to be older, and he was, like, graduating to high school or something. It was, like, winter, and, like, he was saying goodbye? Something Is is that something that happened? Or am I wrong about that? Right? Yeah, okay. Basically, yeah. Little time jump. Then we get the credits. And then uh, it's a post credit scene this part where Utah no, has lunch with I was Miguel this made and no Kenya. sense to me. They and, were having uh, lunch. Not much to it. That was basically it. <laughs> but you had said to me, like, it probably, I, I wouldn't get anything from the post credit sequence. So maybe there's, again, more like allusion to the series or something that maybe yeah. you are, could pick up on. So, what is your analysis of the post credit sequence? I have not read uh, any of the manga past season one of the anime, nor have I watched season two because it's not out yet. So uh, yeah, I do not know the connection other than chilling, the fact that Miguel and Yuta are chill. And also Goja. They're he all... says, oh, this tastes good. Yes, it's the spice. It makes the, all the Kenyan food taste Kenyan. And then Sensei shows up. And then it's like, that was it. But yeah, probably there must be additional meanings or interpretations of this that we're just not aware of then. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. We're oh. we're at the end, so I think okay, let's get roll. into our favorite like, segment. Wait, favorite segment? Uh, cue the wagon, music. Speed wagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. Favorite character. Favorite important character. You, you, you. So listen. The Speedwagon segment. I know. You, you'll... Give the breakdown, yeah. Uh, so for those... Let me let me give the uh, the uh, pre-cap or whatever. Uh, so for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character. I think I know Jujutsu what you're Kaisen say. Zero. I will go I first I just I to give Andrew say. a bit more time. My Speedwagon. Oh! I, damn. Okay. I it's it's Miguel. It's Miguel, man. Because you, really, you really liked her. Yeah. It surprised me. I thought I was going to say Panda. I thought I was going to say Toge. But you know what? Uh, and hell, even Nanami, uh, who you don't even know by name. Because uh, Nanami is one of my favorite characters from the main series. And he gets a dope cameo. But, wow. but you know what? I have to go with my heart. And yeah. I think Miguel, upon second viewing, Miguel stood out. Miguel came in clutch. I like the fact that, you know, he's working for the wrong guy. But he doesn't seem to be too passionate about that guy's uh plan he's you know he's he's there for the vibes yeah, we all he, 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 you know, we all i guess he just liked hanging out with the time. other people in, while. Uh, in ghetto's crew again i like the fact that despite being a villainous yeah. character he was the underdog in the fight uh versus gojo i think that's just a cool twist where you know you you have a 
Yeah, you're you were like rooting for him, and I like that. He's got cool powers, and again, it seems like he's also, he's, he's like on the straight and narrow now. He's chilling with Utah they, they and Gojo. So now, like literally the final yeah. moment, the post grad sequences, they're just like, "Hey, buddy, what's up? Oh yeah, yeah." You know, he's he's educating he's Utah on Kenyan food. Of so course, so that's the thing a good, is, that's a I mean, actually, right I think there. it was a difficult. Uh, Andrew, who's your speed wagon? Uh, choice. There's a lot of contenders, like you just mentioned. There's a lot of cool characters in the film. And I mean, the speed wagon, like you said, it could be anybody. It didn't have to even be like a major character, you know? So there also were some really great curses, like Penis Face Walrus, for example. Um, but I think that I will just have to go with my initial sort of it was that Panda was a pretty solid character and it was actually basically the reason why I chose the film when you said Talking Panda and you know what Panda was just so chill throughout the whole movie all the time and I just felt like yeah Panda's fucking dope bro so I'm gonna go with Panda as my is my choice as favorite supporting character fantastic oh, yeah. Panda Wonder. did in fact make it uh, to the speed wagon final thoughts Final thoughts on Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie. Um, yeah, I like Jujutsu Kaisen. It's a fun series. There's cool characters. I, I don't know if I would give this movie the highest grade. It's like, you know, a solid, solid B for me. It's got some good animation. Plot moves no. briskly. I'm not going to put it on the level of the Ghiblis or anything. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, yeah, as a fun overall, shonen movie, yeah, it's, it's it a solid, solid watch, one. Actually. Um, as I mentioned, you, I felt like it was just like so much sort of storytelling packed into it was basically just like 90 minutes, right? It's basically just an hour and a half. Uh, so kind of like a short ish film. Um, but I would recommend it to anybody to watch. I think it was also a very good choice for like a non anime expert. I think it's like a very approachable, digestible, you know what I mean? Like crowd pleasing film. Like I think most people would probably like it if they're not knowing a lot about anime. That's what I, that's my opinion. So I think it was solid for sure. Not too deep, just sort of fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think if you were to tell someone to watch like all 26 episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen, they'd, they'd get overwhelmed. They'd probably watch the first episode or two. Maybe they'd bail. But this is Definitely, like a good yeah. appetizer. A good sample, it's like, hey, sure. if you like this, well, guess what? There's even more of it. Uh, <laughs> as uh, Toge would say, uh, salmon roll. Uh, Oh, or, or, oh God, I, salmon, I hope salmon roll, is uh, roll isn't uh, roll something, something else. Or God. <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, I God. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying a slur or something. Who knows? Uh, don't. Not particularly. Uh, Andrew, where can people find you? Do you want to be found? many countries, to be honest. You're allowed to. But, um, that's good. That's fine. Found. I mean, Instagram is probably my main, my main point of contact. <laughs> And it's just my full name, which is actually so much information. But yeah. Andrew Maurice Smith at Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, as always, find me at, at Jack is uh, Jack on Instagram. Only real Jack M on Twitter. Find this podcast at is this anime pod on Twitter and Instagram. Same I don't, handle. I don't support uh, what Elon we're, Musk We're non-existent Twitter. on Twitter. Instagram is like the cool people. one. And on that note, <laughs> All right. thank you so much uh, for having me. I think that's a good yeah, Thank you so much for having there me you as go. a guest on uh, your podcast. It was great. Teriyaki roll.